0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef, with an encouragement from Paul to pray. When you are tempted, any form of temptation, doesn't matter what
1: it is, when you are tempted and then you cry up to God and say, help! that moment He would deliver you. When you face evil or see evil in the world, you say, Lord, let your righteousness rule and dominate. When you are encountering trouble in your life, you immediately call upon the Lord and He will deliver you.
0: Welcome to Leading the Way with popular pastor and author of more than 40 books, Dr. Michael Youssef. Prayer times, church, when things feel like they've spun out of control, but the Bible calls you to pray all the time. Today, a powerful conclusion to Dr. Yusuf's series, Discover Your Treasure House, where you'll hear a challenge to experience a consistent, spirit-filled life through the spiritual tool of prayer. Learn more about Dr. Yusuf and lives being changed worldwide when you visit ltw.org or call 1-300-133-589. In fact, you can watch him on TV too. Leading the way is available in most areas. Check your local listings for programs available to you in your community. Listen with me now as Dr. Yusuf begins. As I bring
1: this incredible series of messages discovering your treasure house in Christ as I bring it to an end as a conclusion. The Apostle Paul concludes with the most important element in the Christian life, as if to say, for victory over Satan and sin, that for victory in your spiritual battles, that for victory in the spiritual realm, you must be continuously, consistently, and always in prayer. In fact, prayer is the power behind every one of the six pieces of equipment that we saw in the last message that we put on as the whole armor of God. And that is why the old hymn went something like this. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Because putting on the whole armor of God is not a mechanical thing that you do in order to protect yourself in the morning. Putting on the whole armor of God is not a static ritual that you go through. Putting on the whole armor of God is not just a Christian activity. It's a nice Christian activity for believers to do on a regular basis. No. Putting on the whole armor of God is our confession to God and to the world that we are totally dependent on God. It is our declaration to the world, that our declaration to the Lord Himself that we are relying on Him 1,000%. It is our expression of a complete trust in the power of God without which we will fail. Amen. In other words, putting on the whole armor of God must be done in an act of prayer. And that is why the Apostle Paul does not include prayer as the seventh piece of equipment for the whole arm of God. No, because prayer is a whole lot more than just another part of the whole arm of God. It is the power behind the whole arm of God. It's the power behind the girdle of truth. It is the power behind the breastplate of righteousness. It is the power behind the the boots of the gospel of peace. It is the power behind the shield of faith. It is the power behind the helmet of salvation. It's the power behind the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Prayer is not one thing that we do among others. Prayer is the main thing that we do. Prayer is not something you do on occasions. Uh, Prayer is the very air that you breathe, Uh, the spiritual air. It's a very spiritual food that nourishes you. It's a very spiritual drink that strengthens you. And beloved, I've never heard anybody who came to me and says, Michael, I breathed last night. I'm not going to breathe this morning. (laughs) It just hasn't happened. Why would you do that spiritually? Well, I prayed yesterday, I'm not going to pray today. Or I ate yesterday, so I'm not going to eat today. Or I drank water yesterday, I'm not going to drink water today. No, we don't do that. And that is why Jesus said, Pray always and never lose heart. In another translation, he said, Pray always and never faint. Why? Because he knew that believers can easily be tempted to get bored in prayer. It's easy for believers to get tired in prayer, especially if they don't get what they've been asking for. He he knew that, that we're gonna feel weak and discouraged when we don't get what we ask for. And that is why he says, pray always and don't faint. In our spiritual warfare, it's either that we pray always or we're going to faint and be defeated. Now, beloved, I'm aware of the fact that because of the importance of prayer, when a preacher starts talking about prayer, the vast majority of believers feel guilty because nobody really feels that they have an adequate prayer life. And so the preacher start talking about prayer and everybody says, oh, I know I should have been praying more And I know. Most people know the importance of prayer. Most people know the power of prayer. Most people believe in the necessity of prayer. And yet, most people have difficulty when it comes to praying. (laughs) Let me get to Paul's reason of asking for intercession. What is his prayer request to the Ephesians is all about? I want you to look at verse 18. There, in verse 18 alone... There are four alls, all, 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 pray to all occasions, all kinds of prayers, all perseverance, and all the saints. And so, what is Paul is saying here, he says, I know that the temptation for every Christian, for every believer, is to pray sometime for some things with some perseverance, and for some of the saints. And he is asking us to please take the word some out and put the word all in. But first, what does it mean to be praying in the Spirit? Listen carefully. A lot of people get confused about this. To pray in the Spirit, it means that you allow the Holy Spirit to pray in you, and for you and through you. You say, what's that mean? It means to link our spirit with him, to link our petition to his, to join our will with his. Some people want it the other way around. They want the Holy Spirit's will to join with his, their will, (laughs) to line up our minds with the mind of the Holy Spirit. We are commanded, we are called to be filled of the Holy Spirit moment by moment, all the time. What does it mean to be filled of the Holy Spirit? It means to surrender to the Holy Spirit. It means to submit to the Holy Spirit's will. It means to allow the Holy Spirit to control my life, my will, my thoughts. And then when I allow the Holy Spirit to take control of me, as I obey his word, he will pray in and through me. You see, in the Old Testament, the Jewish folks prayed three times a day. You see it all over the New Testament, even in the book of Acts. And Paul is saying now in the New Testament, because Jesus conquered death in the grave, you can pray all of the time. Because Jesus is on the throne in heaven interceding on our behalf, you can pray all the time. You have access to Him all the time. You can pray every waking moment. Every waking moment, you are conscious of the presence of the Lord with you. When you are tempted, any form of temptation, doesn't matter what it is, when you are tempted, and then you cry up to God and say, help, that moment He will deliver you. When you are experiencing blessing of God come your way, you stop at that moment, no matter who's around, who's listening, who's watching, and say, Lord. Thank you. All the blessings come from you. When you face evil or see evil in the world, you say, Lord, let your righteousness rule and dominate. When you are dealing with someone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you say, Lord, help. Put the words in my mouth. And he will. When you are encountering trouble in your life, you immediately call upon the Lord and he will deliver you. And Paul is saying that when your whole life is in constant communion with the living God, your heavenly Father, in prayer, your life will become a prayer. Not only that, that we pray all the time and all occasions, but He said, pray with all perseverance. Now listen, I know and you know that's the one area that believers really don't have a good, long attention span. <laughs> when it comes to pray and perseverance, most people don't persevere in prayer. You know what I'm talking about. I know from my own personal experience how hard it is, how difficult it is to persevere in prayer. We live in this fast-moving society, Everything is fast, fast, fast. I mean, technology, people multitasking. The other day I saw a lady in the car, bless her heart. I mean, she was talking on the phone, doing the makeup, driving, has a cup of coffee there. I tell you, I always felt that I was a bad driver. I felt good about myself. (laughs) It was a moment of self-righteousness and I repented of it We're just doing a million things all at the same time. what happens, what goes on in our culture, what goes on in our lives, we want to take that and deal with God in the same way. God, I want this and I want it now. Oh, didn't happen in 60 seconds. It's like we do emails. We so send an email, say, push send. We want the person to respond in 10 seconds. And if he didn't, he call him on the phone and say, what happened to you? <laughs> I haven't got it yet. And we, we want to deal with God the same way. Even if some people persevere, not ten seconds, but a day or two, a week or two, a month or two, but that's it, and they give up praying. Jesus said, always watch and pray, always. Jesus told us about the widow with the unjust judge, and we have no idea how long it took her, and she kept on going. She kept on asking, she kept on looking, she kept knocking, she kept on asking, She kept. we don't know how long she did. Asking, asking, asking this unrighteous judge. And Jesus told us that we are supposed to do the same thing with our Heavenly Father, never give up in prayer. Jesus told us about the neighbor who came and knocked on his neighbor's door in the middle of the night, and he would not stop knocking until the neighbor got up and answered the door. And every time the Lord Jesus gives us one of those examples, he said, How much more? How much more? How much more, your Heavenly Father? I can't tell you the number of people who gave up in prayer too soon. They quit so early. But not only that, most Christians become real serious about prayer. If they face a crisis in their life or a crisis in the life of a loved one, my goodness, they become great spiritual prayer warriors. Now, moms and dads, let me illustrate this to you. How would you feel? I thank God I don't have that in my house. But how would you feel if your kids never call, and you don't hear from them unless they want something, and then all of a sudden they become warm and fuzzy and, and want to come and spend time with you and want to talk to you? That hurts your heart, doesn't it? You're glad to see them. And that's how God feels when we only come to Him and become great spiritual prayer warriors when we need something, when we want something, and then God knows the hearts that the moment we're gonna get what we want, we're not gonna come back. And God's word is saying that we need to pray continuously. Not just when you face a crisis, When you pray continuously, when you pray all the time, when you pray in the Spirit, then when a crisis arises in your life, as it happens to all of us, then prayer is not a strange activity for you. It's a continuous conversation with the Heavenly Father. In fact, Paul asks for prayer here in the context of the spiritual warfare. This is not by accident, folks. (laughs) I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything by accident. This is organized by the Holy Spirit and His thoughts. In the context of the spiritual warfare, He says, pray. Always. All the time with all perseverance. Why? Because when you constantly pray in the Spirit for spiritual victory, when you constantly pray for spiritual power, when you constantly pray for God's glory to be manifested, when you constantly pray for God's kingdom to be expanded, when you constantly pray for God's work to take hold in your business and in your work and in your neighborhood and wherever you are, when you constantly pray for God's salvation for some lost person and you never give up, then you will know how to pray when a crisis comes. Now, I don't want you to miss the object for which he's asking the Ephesians to pray for him. This is very important. Don't miss it. What I want to show you in Paul's example of his prayer request is of uttermost importance. (laughs) As if he's saying, look, when you become passionate about constantly praying for the work of God, When you become passionate about constantly praying for the kingdom of God and the glory of God, when you are passionate in interceding on behalf of others, when you take great joy in praying for others, you'll be amazed how God will take care of all of your needs It happened the same thing with giving. When you give God the first fruit, when you give him the top, not the bottom leftover crumbs, he's gonna bless whatever you got left over in ways you'll never thought possible. And the opposite is true. When a Christian only is concerned with his or her problem, his or her problem, and they only pray about his or her needs, only their needs, only their needs. When a Christian prays for nothing else, and nobody else except their needs, they are going to find that the reason, what's going to happen as they keep doing this is like they're digging a pit for themselves, and they're going to get themselves into deep depression. Focus on the needs, the needs, the needs. Why pray, tell me? Did Jesus say that when you ask, when you pray, when you petition, when you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, all your needs are going to be met by him? Why would he promise that? (laughs) Even secular psychologists today, and books are being written by non-believing psychologists today, they are discovering this truth of the word of God. More than Christians. They are saying again and again that when patients start getting involved in the lives of others, when they're getting involved outside of themselves, they found that they are helped much better than when they focus on their problem. Praying for others will open God's floodgates of heaven with blessings and with grace and with mercy and with wonderful things for the person who is praying and the person who's prayed for. I want you to look at verses 19 and 20. Paul said, pray on my behalf. Pray on my behalf. What for? Well, you know, my ankle is swelling. I got these chains wrapped around my ankle, and they're swelling badly. Pray that I'll get healed. Oh, my back is in excruciating pain from sitting in this Prison, my back is killing me. Pray for my healing. See, you know, uh, I haven't really been sleeping very well since I got here in Rome. While well, I'm sitting here, I've written four epistles already and I'm exhausted. Oh, feel sorry for me. I- I'm tired, I haven't slept very well. Will you pray that I get a decent night's sleep? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. If he asked for that, that would have been fine. But he doesn't. And that's where I want you to see the priority of the apostle as the priority of Jesus. Good and important as the physical needs are. Paul never asked for prayer for these things. He said, pray for me that I might have boldness when I open my mouth. And your translation says that I fearlessly proclaim the message of Christ. You don't think that Paul was going through temptations as being tempted to just water down the message a little bit when he got to Rome? You don't think that he was tempted To soften the message a little bit. The Bible said in the book of Acts that Jewish leaders in Rome were coming to visit him and he was sharing Christ with them and the mystery of how from Genesis to Malachi they've been anticipating the Messiah and this Jesus whom he's proclaiming is the one. You don't think he was tempted to just kind of soften that message a little bit, water it down a little bit, make it palatable for them a little bit? You better believe he was tempted. So, Michael, how do you know that? (laughs) Right there. He wouldn't ask for prayer if he wasn't tempted, if he wasn't struggling with it. Pray for me that I might speak boldly about the mystery of the gospel that is revealed in Christ. See, the apostle Paul knew that when people are praying for his spiritual needs, when they're praying for the kingdom of God, when they're praying for the glory of Christ, when praying for salvation of others, all of his physical needs are going to be met. And so Paul goes on to say, oh, by the way, you know why, though I'm an ambassador, but I'm in chains. I'm physically in chains, but really I'm still an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Those chains didn't change anything. Father, it is impossible for us to comprehend this incredible truth. It's impossible for me to even scratch the surface of this wonderful truth from your word. Lord, forgive us because we know the reason we have weak churches and we have weak Christians and we spend more time in front of the television than on our knees. And in prayer, Father, forgive us and remind us afresh today that the power of the armor is not just in putting them on, but putting them on one by one in prayer. And the Father, teach us that we may understand what it means for you to answer prayer. Give us a sense of priority and that, Father, we may seek first the kingdom of Jesus and His righteousness above all else. In His name I pray.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way, impacting lives for Christ worldwide for more than 30 years. To listen to other messages in this series, discover your treasure house, do visit our website and download the podcasts through the Leading the Way app. Visit ltw.org, ltw.org. Oh, and if you enjoy listening to Dr. Yusuf on the radio, you may want to consider joining him most Sundays for Leading the Way Live at Apostles. At 10.30am Eastern Time, visit ltw.org for a link to join Dr. Yusuf Live as he teaches from his home church in Atlanta. Again, it's called Leading the Way Live at Apostles, and I hope you'll make it a point to join him. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. But the invitation is always open for you to join Dr. Yusuf next time for another edition of Leading the Way.